Can you unravel the world's greatest mysteries? Can you explain the unexplained and find the pieces to the most puzzling cases? Or did you lose your asteroid somewhere over Tunguska and want to know if anyone's seen it? Tiernan, no one knows what happened at Tunguska. Oh, don't they? Are you a mythbuster Or a myth-truster? I'm Tiernan. And I'm Athena. Welcome to Bust or Trust. A kids' mystery podcast. And we are the Busters or Trusters. We look into some very strange stories from around the world. No mystery is too big for us. Monsters, ghosts and all types of the unexplained. Like, just what exactly is this? Ugh, where did you find that? On the floor outside. I can't work out what it is at all. I've no idea either, but you really should put it in the bin. It's disgusting. Oh, um, we dive into all the evidence we can find and present all the facts, figures and testimonies. Then it's up to you, our chief detectives. You'll work out what it all means and make up your own mind. Is our case believable or bogus? Hmm. Are you a mythbuster like me? Because things aren't always what they seem. Or are you a myth-truster like me? Because some things just can't be explained. Like this thing that I found outside. Not that again! Put it in the bin! It's so grim. Sorry. We'll tell you at the end of the show just how to get in touch and you can let us know if you're on Team Buster or the best one, Team Truster. We'll also hear from you, our chief detectives, and your thoughts on our previous cases. So stay tuned. But until then, make sure you take notes, pay attention to all the information and start putting together your case. But before that, here's a quick message for the grown-ups. The Case Oh yes, brilliant! Oh, what's happened, Athena? I've just found the £5 note in my pocket that I had no idea I had. I love it when that happens. It's always exciting discovering something like that when it wasn't what you were looking for. Hang on, let me check my pockets. Oh. Oh, what was that? I think it was an entire family of moths. Ugh. Hey, today was my lucky day. You might discover something brilliant tomorrow. Very true. I mean, look at today's case. The legend of Shu Fu, the famous Chinese explorer and alchemist. That's a person who practices magical science. He went searching for the secret of eternal life and instead he found Japan. He may be landed in Japan, though it's up to our chief detective to decide what might have actually happened. That is true. Have you discovered any facts about the legend of Shu Fu? I've discovered lots and lots of facts about Shu Fu. He was born over 2,000 years ago in 255 BC in the ancient Chinese state of Qi. While the region doesn't exist anymore, it was known for having the oldest section of the Great Wall of China and a style of epic music combining poetry, music and dance. The province of Shandong is now where some of Qi used to be and is famous for its universities, its garlic growing and for being the birthplace of the philosopher Confucius. As a young man, Xu Fu was a court sorcerer for the emperors of the Qin dynasty. That means he was in charge of making medicines and also, as they believed then, doing magic to help their empire. As a trusted official of one of the emperors, Qin Shu Huang, Xu Fu was sent on a mission across the seas to find the secret of immortality. Immortality means living forever and never getting old. It's a magical idea that some people have dreamt about. Xu Fu supposedly travelled with a fleet of 60 ships full of craftspeople, crew and 3,000 boys and 3,000 girls. 
but this fleet disappeared and what happened to Shu Fu next is not known. Some people believe that he arrived in Japan, bringing new farming methods to the country that changed it forever. But others say it's very possible that after he left China, his fleet sank or ended up somewhere else entirely and that his fate remains a mystery. Until now, because as the official representative for Team Truster, I will bring the evidence to show Shu Fu definitely found Japan. Or you might find that it isn't what the evidence says at all. So it's up to you, Chief Detective, to decide. Did Shu Fu's journey finish in Japan or is his fate still a mystery? Let us voyage across the oceans of information to the first piece of evidence. First piece of evidence. Piece of evidence number one is the historical texts that tell the legend of Shu Fu. They are called the 24 Histories, and they are official Chinese texts that cover the dynasties all the way from 3000 BC, which is over 5,000 years ago, to the Ming Dynasty in the 17th century. The texts were very detailed, and many were written by official writers for the emperors and empresses. Shu Fu appears in several of them. In the very first of the histories, Records of the Grand Historian, it says that he sailed on his voyage for many years to retrieve the elixir of life, a potion that would let you live forever. He would have to get this from immortals, which are mythical beings who could also live forever, and they lived on Mount Punglai, a fictional mountain that is famous in Chinese and Japanese mythology. But the writings say Shu Fu returned from this journey, and when the emperor asked him why, he said it's because there was a giant sea monster blocking the way. So, the emperor ordered the royal archers to kill the monster. They did, and Shu Fu set sail again, but this time never returned. In the writings, it said he arrived in a place with flat plains and wide swamps. But in later parts of the 24 Histories texts, they say he landed somewhere called Danzo, which no one has been able to identify as a real place. And then a monk called Yi Chu wrote over a thousand years after Zhu Fu's voyage that he had definitely arrived in Japan and thought that Mount Fuji, the famous volcano, was actually the mythical Mount Punglai. Those are brilliant stories, but it's tricky for us to say any of it is real when there are parts about a giant sea monster and a mythical mountain where immortals live. In those same writings, it's also said that one of the crew on Shu Fu's boat was a magician. He was over a thousand years old. In ancient China, life expectancy, which means the age most people lived to, was only 25 years old. That's because back then, medicine and technology was nowhere near as advanced as it is today. So the idea someone might survive to a thousand and then decide at that age to go on a dangerous voyage doesn't sound quite right. Well, we have mentioned sea monsters before, and there's no proof they didn't exist. That's not how it works, Tiernan. There's no proof they did exist either. But also, Japan doesn't have many flat plains. It's nearly all mountains, and it's not very swampy either. The 24 histories are fascinating and an incredible account of Chinese history. But they are also filled with tales that the official writers were likely ordered to make up, so the emperors and empresses sounded more powerful and magical than they were. This all happened a long time ago, and it would have been very hard for any of the writers to really know what actually did happen, especially the ones writing about Shu Fu a thousand years after he disappeared. OK, OK, that is a good point, Athena. But piece of evidence number two will show that Shu Fu ending up in Japan is not as unbelievable as it may seem. Second piece of evidence. That's because our second piece of evidence is the location of where Shu Fu set sail and just where that means he might have ended up. He was ordered by Emperor Qin Shu Huang 
to find the elixir of life on Mount Punglai. This mythical mountain was said to be on an island in the Bohai Sea. It was meant to be near to four other islands that the immortals lived on. Now, while those islands don't seem to exist, the Bohai Sea is real. It's part of the Yellow Sea, which is on the eastern side of China. So if Shufu's fleet had set sail southeast from there, they would have arrived in Japan in around 10 days. You are right. When you look on a map, it really wouldn't have been hard for Shufu to arrive on the Japanese coast. But in the 24 histories, it's said he sailed for several years. So why did it take him so long to get somewhere so nearby? Not only that, but the stories say he reached Mount Fuji. To do that, Shufu would have had to sail underneath Japan and then north back towards it. Which seems like a strange journey, though maybe you would sail all over the place if there was a giant sea monster in the way. But really, it just seems like for all his magical ways, Shufu didn't seem to know how to navigate a boat very well. Well, maybe he didn't. It does feel a bit unfair to say, well, you're good at magic and medicines, now guide some ships. It's a very different set of skills. I'm not sure I'd want to trust being on a ship where the only skills the captain had was treating measles or doing card tricks. At least no one on the ship would get measles, though. True. But the third piece of evidence makes it pretty hard to argue that Shufu landed anywhere else but Japan, even if he may have sailed there on a very topsy-turvy route. Third piece of evidence. The last piece of evidence is how well-known Shufu is in Japan. Here are just a few of his connections with the country. There are shrines and memorials dedicated to him all over Japan, and in the city of Shingu, there is even a tomb of Shufu. The time Shufu would have arrived in Japan was known as the Yayoi period, and that is also when it's believed Japanese people began to farm rice for the first time using new techniques. Not only that, but in the traditional tales of Saga City in southern Japan, it's said Shufu put a cup of tea in the sea and let it float away, insisting he would take his boats ashore wherever it ended up. And that's why the place he landed is now known as Bubai, which means floating cup. There is also a Japanese historian who believes the first emperor of Japan, Ji Mu, might actually have been Shu Fu under a different name. And that's only a handful of the connections Japan has with the legend of Shu Fu. I'll admit, those are all interesting connections and could well have come from real events and a real influence that Shu Fu had by arriving there. But the history of relations between China and Japan dates back for many thousands of years, even before Shu Fu's voyage. So there's every chance that farming techniques and stories were shared by travellers and traders. Many historians say that Japan had farming techniques for rice before Shu Fu would have arrived. They also think that had Shu Fu actually been Emperor Jimu, there would be more of the ancient Chinese languages in Japanese. But there isn't. In fact, there's no evidence to suggest Emperor Jimu existed at all either. It's also worth remembering that nearly all the stories about Shufu were written at least a thousand years after he disappeared, and there's still no records of where he actually ended up, let alone if he found the secret to living forever. Yeah, while I do think he did make it to Japan, I'm not sure about Shufu becoming immortal. Or you think he'd still be around now and we could just ask him what happened? Oh, that would have been so, so much easier. Uh, hello? Hello. Are you the legendary Shu? Excuse me, close the door behind you. The draft gives me the chills. Oh, oh, sorry. So, 
What I wanted to ask you was... Speak up! What I wanted to ask you was... My ears are over 2,000 years old. You'll have to really yell at me. Okay! Uh, what I wanted to ask you, Shufu, was if you went to Japan or not. Went to where? Japan. Who's he? It's a place. What did you say? Uh, it's a country that you might have sailed to. Ah, oh, mm, right. Did you close the door? It's very cold in here. Yes, um, did you go to Japan? Well, how do I know? I've been alive for 2,000 years. I can't remember everything, you know. Oh, of course you can't. Um, well, can I at least have a try of the elixir of life? What did you say? Can I try the elixir of life, please? You know, the potion, it makes you live forever. Oh, I just mix some anti-wrinkle cream into my tea. It works wonders. Help yourself, it's over by my false teeth. Those are your false teeth? They look, um, they look weird. Oh, yes, they're made of bamboo, but sadly a bunch of aphids have moved in. Still, it all adds to the flavour of anything I eat. Oh, actually, pass over me Nashers, please. I fancy a snack. Uh, yeah, OK, thanks. Bye. And she's left the door open. The youth of today, unbelievable. I bet she's not even a thousand years old. That was so unhelpful and disgusting. You never think of that with immortality, do you? Being alive forever doesn't mean you don't get really, really old. And imagine how tricky it would be to blow out all the candles on your cake when you're 3,000 years old. Very, very tricky indeed. But maybe not as tricky as the task our chief detectives have this week, which is to work out if the legendary Shu Fu found his way to Japan or if his fate remains a mystery. Time for a recap of the evidence. Evidence recap. Piece of evidence number one was the mentions of Shufu in the 24 histories, the writings that tell of all the histories of the Chinese dynasties. In one of these writings in particular, it says Shufu made it to Japan. But the histories also say he encountered a sea monster and travelled with a 1,000-year-old magician, so it's hard to know which bits, if any, are real. The second piece of evidence is the journey Shufu would have taken. It really wouldn't have been hard for Shu Fu to sail from the Yellow Sea to Japan and might not have taken too long either. But the stories say it took him years and he would have had to go a very topsy-turvy direction to end up in the part of Japan that has Mount Fuji, like the stories say he did. The last piece of evidence is how many parts of Japanese culture refer to Shu Fu, that he influenced their farming techniques and one historian thinks he could even have become Japan's first emperor, Ji Mu. But relations between Japan and China date back for many years to even before the story of Shu Fu. And other historians aren't so sure he had any influence on Japanese farming or that Emperor Jimu even existed in the first place. So now we're handing it over to you, Chief Detectives. What do you think? Are you a Shu Fu arrived in Japan myth buster? Or a Shu Fu arrived in Japan myth truster? We want to hear from you and what you think, and most importantly, which side you're on. I think our chief detectives will easily discover that Team Truster is the best. Oh, no way. It's Destination Team Buster on this one. Send us your voice notes with an explanation of why you're a Myth Truster or Myth Buster when it comes to whether Shufu managed to change Japan forever or that he was a rubbish sailor and we still have no idea what happened to him. All you have to do is ask your grown-ups to help you email us your voice notes or thoughts to hello at bustortrust.com. Tell us your name, 
age, what you think all the evidence means. And please, please make sure your grown-ups give us permission to use your voice notes or emails in our next episode. You can also send us a question on Spotify Q&A, but please get permission from your parents and don't include any personal details so we can publish them safely. We won't always be able to use all of them. But we do love to hear them. And here are some of the brilliant comments from our chief detectives on Spotify Q&A this week. This one comes from Andrew, responding to our episode about the legend of King Arthur. He says, Sorry, but I'm a myth buster. King Arthur is real, but the stories are not. I'm so happy he's a buster. I'm not going to tell him that King Arthur isn't real. Well, I think because he thinks King Arthur is real, it's a little bit truster. Anyway, thank you, Andrew. And we've got a Spotify Q&A comment from Jinx, who is responding to the green children of Woolpit. At first, I was a buster. But then I noticed two things. Maybe the people in the village were well-fed and didn't get visitors. And maybe they were put in a camper van and it took a long time till Woolpit. Ah, great work, Jinx. And Jinx has sent us quite a few messages and it's clear that they listened to all of the evidence. So thank you for that. And I also think you're right. One thing we overlooked is that they had camper vans in the 1100s. Hmm. Ah, those were great. We really have the best listeners. We do indeed. And if you enjoyed the show, please follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Amazon Music or wherever you listen to your podcasts for more great episodes. We love to hear what you think, so please do rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It helps more detectives find Bust or Trust. We'll even read out some of the reviews on the show. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time for some more Bust or Trust. Oh, Athena, guess what? What? I've got another pocket. So who knows what I'll discover in this one? Go on then, let's see what you can find. Here we go. More moths? How? Oh, wait, and what's this? Is that a note? It says, I owe you £5, love the moths. Ugh. You really need a new jacket, Tiernan. 